Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Oh, Champaign, Illinois. Uh, the best thing to do is leave. Unfortunately, the Badgers are leaving with a loss as they fell to the Fighting Illini, 80-67. to A battle of two top 25 teams as Wisconsin number 11, uh, Illinois number 18. Kofi Coburn, rumor is rowdy, he's still having his way and dunking the ball in Champaign. He was one point off of his career high. 16 of 19 shooting, 5 of 9 for his uh, free throws, grabbed a bunch of rebounds, what, 12 rebounds. Kofi Coburn had an absolute monster game, Rowdy, with the with that 37-point affair. No one really had an answer for him, you know? Good morning, by the way. Yeah, good morning. So uh, the last segment of the show, you asked score predictions and who we thought was going to win. Yeah. I said Illinois by five. Yeah. You looked at me and said, so are you batting the Badgers? And I looked at you and because. I go, I'm not confident in that score. <laughs> I will not be betting the game. Because Badgers were dogs by, was it six and a half or yeah, five and a half? Six and a half to seven, yes. depending on where you were looking when at. When we finished the show yesterday, Badgers were six and a half dogs against Illinois. And they were, despite the extremely poor shooting from Wisconsin, three of 24 from beyond the arc. I mean, they were... They were in the game for a while, then they got it to, what, eight points a couple times, and they started chipping away, and then the floodgates opened at the end where Wisconsin just started chucking up threes, brick after brick after brick, and Illinois would just be like, okay, we're just going to give it to Kofi Colburn, and he's going to put it in the, in the bucket, or they'll hit some like miraculous shot. So the Badgers were in it for a while. The score a little looks a little wider than it did, but Wisconsin... I look at this game, Rowdy, as just you chalk it up as you're on the road in the Big Ten and you couldn't shoot the damn ball. If Wisconsin just could have made more than 12.5% of their free throws or uh, three-pointers, I'm not saying they're winning the game, but they're a lot closer than going three of 24 from beyond the arc. That was just a bad shooting night, and no one could contain Colburn. Yeah, I... And Johnny gonna, Davis just played too much. The, like out of his The shooting was obviously awful. Like nobody played terrible. Nobody played good yet. People can sit there and look at Johnny Davis's line. He didn't play good. No, no, he did not. He's forcing it. We, we talked about what did Wisconsin have to do to be able to win this game? The first thing was, well, Johnny Davis would have to play well, kind of like the Purdue game that didn't happen. Mm -mm. Number two is besides Johnny Davis, they're going to have to shoot the basketball. Well, that definitely didn't happen. And then on top of that, it was they needed to be tough and physical down low on Kofi Coburn. Not that they were going to hold him to like 10 points or anything like that, but at least be physical and make it hard on him scoring the basketball. That only happened for about the first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. Like, the, and the first 10 minutes of like what the second half, five minutes of the second half, he didn't score much in the first second half at the start of it. Like the stool, well, I'm talking the start of the game in general when they were going to him, like almost every single play. Yeah, him and Carbello were like the two guys that were getting it going for Illinois. Yeah, Stephen Crowell in the first five, ten minutes, he was making him catch the ball high in the post. They weren't letting him get the ball right down there, two feet from the basket, and they were making him force tough shots. Like, what 
Of course, Kofi Coburn hit a couple turnarounds from yeah. like the free throw line. You're gonna if you you'll take that if from he, him. Yeah, if he's settling for those type of shots, you're gonna take that all day. And and they made it tough on him for like the first ten minutes of the game. But yeah, and then he just started getting low and working in the paint, and he just was dunk after dunk after dunk. That dude's an animal. When you get a guy that's seven feet, nearly three hundred pounds. And he's, he's got yeah, he's got a wingspan, I'm sure, that's over seven feet, and you allow him to catch the basketball on a post entry just a couple feet from the basket, that has disaster written all over it. Yeah, totally. Kofi Coburn uh, has faced Wisconsin four times, and Illinois has won all of them. He averages 23.5 points, 9.8 rebounds, and is shooting 72.2% from the field in those four games. You know, Kofi Coburn, the dude's a monster. And Stephen Crowell... Now, I know Coburn was one point away from his career high, uh, tying his career high. Stephen Crowell, though, Rowdy, I mean, <laughs> you, you, if you Stephen match Crowell the two played, up. Stephen Crowell played, played better defense than uh, Chris Vogt did. He did. Chris Cr- Vogt got bitched around. He, he totally got bitched around. Chris Vogt, there was one time, though, by the way, Bo Borowski, I'm not blaming the refs or anything, but Bo Borowski made two calls that were just, uh, like, head-scratching. Chris Vogt was up, like, perfectly, you know, just perfectly straight up and down and still was called for a foul when I think it was Corbello that was making all the contact on him. But Stephen Crowell didn't do terrible against Kofi Coburn. Uh, Chris Vogt did get my horse one, around, but Stephen Crowell concern, didn't, get, didn't get too bad on Kofi Coburn, but Coburn's just an animal. My one concern, though, is why the hell didn't Wisconsin start hammering him once he got the ball down low? Because it was the pretty, hack, much, hack it was pretty much a guaranteed dunk when he got the ball within a oh few God, feet from the rim. Why didn't you literally not let not just follow him when he goes up? Like, don't even 1980s Pistons, like hammer. literally hammering the hell out of him. The bad and boys. Make him, yeah, make him go earn it from the line because he showed that, he you know, he isn't him? the greatest no. shooting free throws. He was five of nine, 55%. Yep. I would have taken, you know, Roughly one out of every two free throws from Kofi Coburn instead of a guaranteed dunk. The guy was 16 for 19 from the floor. Yeah. Uh, hack of Coburn is, should have been in place. Remember we said they, the Remember big guys yeah, the big guys had to use their fouls? Yep. Well, Chris Vogt, Stephen Crowell, Tyler Wall, and... Uh, they never even got the five. Even Ben Carlson. None of them fouled out. No. Combined... They had 11 fouls, and Ben Carlson didn't even have one. No, no, nobody fouled out, Rowdy. The closest was, what, Stephen Crowell with four. And I guess Chris voted four, too. It's just, it's just one of those games. You're on the road. Colburn's such a beast. Uh, they got the, the most healthiest they've been in Illinois, and it was just Illinois' night. That's, you know, Badgers still have everything in front of them. They still are a great team, have uh, all those quad one wins, looking to be a nice little seed in the NCAA tournament. They'll have Penn State. At the Cole Center on Saturday, they're still what tied for third with Purdue in the Big Ten. It's just it's just one of those games. See, I, I chalk it up more to matchups, and this isn't a team that Wisconsin matches up well for a lot of the reasons we've talked about the last forty eight hours, I guess. Yeah. And also, they say styles make fights, and this isn't a very good or fair fight for the Badgers when you have Coburn that can score at will. And it really wasn't. Like I mentioned it earlier, but Johnny Davis did not play well. He shot 26% from the field, one for five from three. He's doing too much. Yeah, he got to the line. He grabbed a lot of boards, which was needed. But uh, that that was like a that was like a Kobe volume game to me, where you shoot the ball 20 times and score 22 points. Yeah. 
And what they needed were other guys to step up around them. But Brad Davison, 0 for 6 from 3. Well, no one could shoot. The guy was, Brad Davison going into that game in Big Ten play was shooting like 46% from 3. Yeah, no, but no one could shoot the ball. Brad Davison, 7 points. That was a, tied for his second fewest this season. Didn't hit a single 3-pointer. The third score ended up being, well, who's normally it has to be, is Tyler Wall. He played really well. In the they first went, half. They went away from him in the second I know, half. The he first half shot he the ball. ball. First half, Tyler Wall was balling, and then they just, yeah, like you said, went away from him. You know, it was nice to see actually played decently well. Lauren Bowman. Lauren Bowman, I know. He was, he was getting hot at the Yeah, uh, he was half. actually taking taking some initiative, shooting the basketball, and that that looked more like the guy that Wisconsin recruited two years ago that was supposed to be a, a kid with a lot of talent yeah. and skills. But he obviously last year he had these personal issues, issues yeah. and now this year he's just started playing again. And this is what the announcer said on the broadcast. They're like, he's still trying to find his rhythm, find his offense. And he was looking good in the second half. Uh, he got, what, seven points off the bench, his highest score, scoring effort since nine against St. Francis. I just couldn't believe how bad they shot the three. Same. And like You thought eventually one would drop? Never. Like, on, uh, 12.5%. The box score says three for 24. It felt like well that last three by Chucky Hepburn yeah, was one where Illinois wasn't off. even playing defense. Take that off the books, really. <laughs> and the other one was like a Johnny Davis like step back trying too hard, uh, got it to go, and yeah, yeah, he was playing out of control. And there was a time where he got a blocking foul and ended up going to the line to shoot two, where that easily could have been a charge. Yeah, like the rebounding was great. Obviously, you're never going to turn anyone down from scoring 22. But like I said, it felt like a Kobe volume game where he just had so many shots. Yeah, he was going to score a lot. Sure. But he was forcing a lot of shots. Yeah, he was trying too much. Out of control, lo- losing the dribble. It was like, come on. So Coburn, man, Coburn's 37 points. Illinois still just outscored the Badgers in the paint 42 to, tw- uh, 42 to 40. Kofi Coburn had 37 of those of the 42 for the final line I. 42 to 40, Illinois won the paint. Coburn had 37 of them. Early in the game. God, he's a monster. Early in the game when they were getting him, you know, farther out into the paint where he couldn't just turn around and dunk and they were making him shoot, shoot bat, like actually take jump shots. Wisconsin was winning the rebounding. Yeah. And, and not only that, Johnny but they Davis were, was getting, all kinds of they were getting a ton of offensive rebounds and well, making uh, Kofi Coburn earn it. Yeah, and out-rebounding Illinois while both teams were shooting horribly to start. That also coincided with when the Badgers had the lead. Yeah. It was like all of a sudden later in the second half, it came down to what team was going to shoot better because you know Kofi Coburn was going to get his. You were struggling on limiting his post touches. And you know he was going to shoot good because he was going to dunk it. Yeah, Johnny Davis was getting to the line. N- neither team were shooting effectively, and then in the second half, the team that found their stroke was Illinois. Wisconsin never found it. Yeah, and here's the thing. Speaking of shooting the ball, I saw this from our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Uh UW is now 7 for 48 from 3 the last two seasons at Illinois. Wow. Yikes. That's bad. Let's go to the phones. Line 1. Good morning. Who's this? Man, that's a scary stat. Hey, Kyle. Good morning. Hey, morning, guys. Hey, you know, they, they played Illinois about as well as I thought they could. It, it's just too bad they couldn't get more baskets to go down. I mean, you get 50% more to go fall from uh, Brad Davison and Johnny Davis and the Badgers walk away with a win even with yeah Colburn having a 37 point yeah. game if they could have just I mean they were abysmal from three if they could have just been like below average it's a whole different ball game yeah the the Badgers shooting has been as cold as is the outside temperature lately man <laughs> that's I, why that's why it was extra cold this morning I get it now 
Yeah, and the wind really picked up too, man. I wasn't expecting that when I walked out. I know. I, I didn't look in my weather app when I woke up. I was like, oh, it's a little nipply this morning. Four degrees. But hey, yeah, yeah. But moving forward, man, I, I, I like you said, you know, they got all the pieces in front of them. Um, they just got to put it together and uh, just keep balling, man. Just uh, finish yeah. finish the season on a high note. I mean, what are, what are we midway through right now with Big Ten season? Yep, just a little over midway. And they weren't going to win them all. Like, they were going to ha- have some games where they would lose. And, you know, Illinois, like Rowdy was talking about, just a bad matchup with Coburn. But if you just shoot a little better, it's a different ball game, you know? So yep, I'm, yep. Still, I'm still get, very hopeful. Yeah, you get Penn State Saturday. That should hopefully be a, a bounce-back game. And then uh, – you know, next week you get Michigan State, and I think that's going to be their biggest test again. And we'll see how they come out. Yeah. Wisconsin, though, I'm still so excited for the NCAA tournament, Kyle. Hey, Kyle, stay warm out there, brother. Hey, you guys stay warm inside. <laughs> we'll just see you, homie. Have a good one. You too, later. Uh, we did. Someone did say here, Jimbo Slice, uh, our guy in Chicago, said you guys look cold today. Rowdy and I both have hats on. Here's the thing. It does get cold in the studio. Not the four degrees like it is outside, but it, it does get cold in the studio. Um, it's like a meat locker in here sometimes. Line two, good morning. Hey, y'all. Hey, kid. You know, we'll play what happened to me yesterday. <laughs> um, what? Tell me. You went I to Schwagler's, you went bowling. Yeah. Who, who's the platform mouth on that one? Well, I remember you talking about it yesterday. I'm excited. How'd you yep. bowl? How'd you bowl? Are you ready for this? You bowled a 300. <laughs> nope. 98. Uh, you won't guess it. I bowled a 33. <laughs> 33, got, Charlie. Yeah, after eight frames. How drunk I'm, were you bowling? I, I'm only drunk because that's what? the whole thing. 33? And by the way, okay, Rowdy, really quick. Well, last night there really wasn't a ton of difference with good shots or shot selection that they had in past nights, like especially early in the game, before they started chucking threes later in the game. It wasn't like they were getting worse looks or anything. They just didn't make anything. How, how many times did you see it just go like, like it hit the back and the front of the rim, and it just spit out. It's like, oh my god! Just or they were just, just get in the rim, just throwing up bricks. Everything yeah. was off. It was just. Uh, I think Robbie Hummel probably put it best when Stephen Crowell pulled up for three. Yeah, and it got stuck between the rim and the glass, <laughs> and he goes, "That's been the epitome of Wisconsin shooting the basketball all night." Yeah, they just it wasn't good, man. It wasn't good uh, shooting the ball. I don't know, but three and six down the stretch. Yeah, let's see here. Let's look at the three and six down the stretch. All right, so let's just go down the let's just go down down the list here. Penn State on Saturday at, at home. They win. should win that game. This one's a little tougher. East Lansing, Michigan State, uh, Tuesday. I'll take a loss. All right, so there's one and one. Uh, Rutgers at the Kohl Center. I'll take a win. Yeah, two and one. Uh, Wisconsin at Indiana. I think they split with Indiana. I'll take that up. Chalk that up as a loss. Wait, wait, two and two right now. Uh, Michigan comes to the Kohl Center on the twentieth. I'll take that as a win. Three and two. We got Wisconsin going to Minnesota. That's a win. Four and two. We got Wisconsin going to the rack. Rutgers. <laughs> I'll I'll give that a win. Uh, they play they play they play tough there though. Rutgers. They do play tough there. I, I'll take a win, but it, it's going to be a really close game. What are we at? What are we at? Five and five and two. Right? What was that? Five and two. I already forgot. Uh, then Purdue comes to the Cole Center. That's a loss. Six and three or five and three, and then we have Nebraska at Wisconsin. Win. All right, so I think they I think they finish with three or four losses down the stretch. What sports Pat say again? Three Pat's only give them three and six. I I would say yeah, four losses down the stretch. Michigan State's a loss. I think Indiana's a loss. And you're you're throwing up the rack as a question mark. Purdue is a loss. That's three for sure. And then you have a question mark with the rack. 
Rutgers. That one could be tough. Michigan could be tough. Just a tougher matchup with Hunter Dickinson yeah. being huge down low. Got him at the Cole Center, though, where they dominate. So that's nice. But yeah, Wisconsin, listen, they're not going to shoot as poor as they shot uh, last night. Moving, I mean, they could, but 12.5% from beyond the arc, you got to think that's an outlier. Uh, that's just something that you just chalk it up as one of those nights. 12.53 of 24 from three. I mean, they were bricking wide open shots. Like Brad Davison, what did the announcers say? Oh, Davison usually makes those when he was, I think that was right before halftime maybe, when he uh, bricked a three. Nah, nah. Um, three and six. So they got they not got, happening. Sports pet. That's, <laughs> that's fine though. They got nine more games left. They're currently seventeen and four. Even if they went five and four, that's twenty two and eight on the season. Twenty two and eight for a team that everyone thought might be a fringe tournament team. Yeah, and look at them now. We're talking about all these quad one wins. Um, by the way, Marquette now Rowdy and the Razors Edge coming up here. Rowdy bet on the Razors Edge uh, last night. Marquette. Marquette, another quad one win. They are moving up the boards, and that's looking like a really good victory for the Wisconsin Badgers, obviously, over the Golden Eagles as Marquette's getting it done. And, yeah, and Houston continues to roll in conference play. I mean, Mark, you just said it. Marquette's been on fire. They got a win against them. They beat Houston. Houston's continuing to roll. And they also beat Purdue a team that I actually think is probably the best team overall in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, so Marquette, with their win last night, they have now tied with Auburn, Baylor, Kansas, and Wisconsin with seven quad one wins. That's the most in the country. So Marquette, look, we, there's some good basketball. Shaka Smart's got them balling. They're in the mill with the Marquette Golden Eagles. They've been crushing lately, Rowdy, so... That's looking nice for Wisconsin. Yeah, and Wisconsin's going to have at least two or three opportunities for more quad one wins, at least, going forward the rest of the season. Yeah. But just, I, think the, I think the bigger thing for them right now is to just take care of business against the the lower-level teams. The Bucky? Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what you got to do. I mean, you got we just went through them, but I'll go, Penn I mean, State, you, you Rutgers. Look at, look at the teams they've lost to in the Big Ten. They now have three losses. They sit a game behind the lead. Yep. They lost at Ohio State, who's a ranked team. Good team. They lost Mich- home against Michigan State without Tyler Wall. Yep, Michigan State's a good team, though. And then at Illinois, where they haven't played well the last handful of times. Yeah, and which is another good team. I mean, All teams are team. ranked, and the one against Michigan State, losing Tyler Wall was huge, especially because Michigan State's long and lanky. Yeah, and I have no, I'm not worried about this team. It's going to be a battle for first place in the Big Ten. Uh, just shows you how good this conference is. Illinois number one at nine and two. Michigan State number two at eight and two. Wisconsin's third with Purdue at eight and three. And then I can't believe Ohio State is six and three in conference. Well, again, that shows you how good the the conference is. Indiana seven and four. Michigan five and four. Rutgers six and five. You got Iowa at four and six, and then it just drops off from there. And your bottom feeders, Nebraska, O and eleven. Big yeah. Ten's a good conference, man. Good conference there. Minus minus Nebraska. <laughs> All right. What well, did, um, I, I think I wouldn't even be surprised with the schedule they had going forward, and especially since they just played Michigan State and Illinois. Because right now they're a game behind Illinois, who's got a half game lead on Michigan State. Currently, the top six in the Big Ten are Illinois, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Purdue, Ohio State, Indiana. Mm-hmm. If they do struggle down the stretch, with which I said I, I could definitely see at least three losses, 
They were talking on the broadcast last night that I think it was Robbie Hummel saying he wouldn't be surprised if the Big Ten winner finished with five losses. Yeah, I just heard because that, yeah. of how competitive the Big Ten is. And I think you got to look at the groups, the Illinois, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Purdue, Ohio State, and Indiana. Mm-hmm. Those are clearly your better six teams in the conference. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Those are clearly your best six teams. And they're all right now basically within two games of each other. So even if Wisconsin did struggle, I could see them finishing anywhere between, you know, first and sixth just because of how tight all six of those teams are. And they're clearly better than seven, eight, nine, which is clearly better than the rest of the bottom feeders. Yeah. Yeah, the Big Ten Badgers got it in front of them. They have some tough games, easy games. But it's a good conference. Though. You have those six teams. They're having the have-nots, Rowdy. You have those six teams, and then I feel like you have Rutgers, Iowa, Penn State, and then you have the next three core of teams, which is Maryland, Northwestern, Minnesota, and then you have like a couple falls down, and then there's Nebraska. <laughs> and Nebraska is like Nebraska's underneath rock bottom. Whatever rock bottom is, Nebraska found what is under it. So when I think NBA basketball, I think Michael Jordan. Like, that's the first name that comes in my head. Like, when you yeah, think of goats, sure. like legends. Yep. I think NBA, I think of Michael Jordan. Okay. When I think of the NFL, I think of, like, Brett Favre. Um, just, you know, just because that was me growing up and my favorite player. But also I think of now Tom Brady when I think of the NFL. Am I wrong? Is Michael Jordan to the NBA as Tom Brady is to the NFL? Sure. Is Tom Brady the Michael Jordan of the NFL? Uh, Yes. Rowdy? See, I think it's harder to think of somebody specific like Tom Brady, but I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Because I guess over time, the NFL has been branded more as teams, where NBA has been branded more as star players. players. Same thing like with golf. You can easily identify Tiger Woods. Yeah, Mm -hmm. golf, Tiger Woods. But it's an individual sport. Like baseball. Who do you think of? Like when I think of legends, I've never saw him play, but the name Babe Ruth always pops. Wait, to my he head. wasn't your favorite player. He was not, just because I never saw him play. But he po- <laughs> he pops to the head like Babe Ruth. You think of like Mickey Mantle. You think of like some of the timeless guys. Um, when you think of baseball, who do you guys think of? Like for all time legends, you probably it's probably Babe Ruth. Yeah, yeah. Like there's an individual name. You're like, yeah, this guy jumps out. Is Tom Brady that when it comes to the NFL now that he's retired? 22 years in, seven Super Bowls, dynasty after... I think he's probably the best shot at being that guy. Yeah, but I, I'm with you. There's still the... There's still the the more of a team aspect where it's like, you remember those Patriots from that time year or that, that time of reference? And yeah. then it turns into... And their quarterback was Tom Brady. Yeah. It, it's not Tom Brady and the Patriots. You think of the team... Then you start going over the players. So the reason I bring this up is, you know, Tom Brady has retired. Yeah, Rowdy? No, I was just going to say for like basketball, it's Michael Jordan. Golf is clearly Tiger Woods. Yep. And then I feel like there's some gray areas. Like hockey, if there's going to be a guy, it's going to be Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, I think a Wayne Gretzky for hockey or Barry Richter. And then mostly Barry Richter. Mostly Barry. I think out of those, out of those, uh, four or the major sports, I think football is the hardest one to come up with a name. Yeah. yeah, one single guy, but Brady probably leads that. Mm-hmm. So, and here's why I bring it up because on this day in history, there's a couple things I saw this. So, on this day in history, without Tom Brady being, I don't know, Tom Brady is the closest you would ever get to a Michael Jordan of a sport. Like Michael Jordan's the NBA, as Brady is to the NFL. I was looking on this day in history, the year 2002. Adam Vinatieri 
kicks the game winner to give Tom Brady and Bill Belichick their first Super Bowl win. Adam Vinatieri is forever tied with Tom Brady. How many how many rings would the Patriots have if it wasn't for Adam Vinatieri kicking some of those uh, clutch field goals? And then you go a little later, 2008. Uh, there's a time when the New York Giants, remember this, they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And Rowdy, how did the Giants, do you remember how the Giants once played specifically? How the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Right? Yeah, there were multiple. There were there were multiple plays from those two Super Bowls, but obviously the biggest one is the helmet catch. Yeah, the yeah. helmet catch. Um, so there's there's something where you're taking down the Titan that is Tom Brady. But when you look at Brady and you look at him being uh, NFL or just an all sports great, there's so many moments like you know Adam Vinatieri or Tom Brady's defense or you know insert like the Tuck rule like along the way that we had to like what was that last week on the Stay in History. Does Tom Brady deservedly get all the credit? Um, like, for example, the Atlanta Falcons game, the Super Bowl, when they're down twenty-eight to three. James you, White should have been MVP. Do you? Yes. Yeah, do you give it to Tom Brady? Twenty-eight to three. I mean, oh, everybody does because of his stature. But there were games where he really didn't have anything to do with the outcome. Yeah, so that's, that's why I bring it up. Is like, is Tom Brady truly like the Michael Jordan of the, the NFL? The defense had to play great against Atlanta and not give up really many points mm-hmm. in the second half because if they did, that game would have been clearly over. It, it's one of those where the quarterback wins and and all that. They're it's completely tied to the team wins, but they're not they're not like starters in baseball. Yeah, like it it. It shouldn't be like the wins, same and losses, kind of wins and losses. Wins and losses shouldn't be a quarterback. Well, award, you mentioned James stat. White, right. and a lot of James White. If you followed his career, you know exactly what he was. He was a basically like a pass catching running back or a third down back. Good on and uh, good in PPR leagues. It's not like James White was catching deep balls fifty yards down the field. Right. A lot of those are checkdowns. Yep, and. Then you have also have to go back to that twenty-eight to three game where Julian Edelman made an incredible catch. Yeah, like, it was the one where he caught it twice. And then there was a couple where he didn't catch it, and Giselle got mad. So that's what I always wonder. Like, <laughs> I mean, when I think of NBA, I think of Michael Jordan. When I think of NHL, I think of Wayne Gretzky. When I think of baseball, I know I never saw him play, but I think of like Babe Ruth. When I think of golf, I think of Tiger Woods. When you think of the NFL, who do you think of? Like, who's the guy? Brad Favre. For me, it's Favre, but that's yeah. just and you know he's not going to have the accolades. I'm going like to go with Ra- I'm going to go with the Rob Lowe NFL. NFL. <laughs> just the NFL. Just, NFL. just the logo. I'm, I'm just of- a fan. I'm here to see a good game. <laughs> or do you guys just think of a team in general? Or do you just think of a team? Like when I think NFL, I think Green Bay Packers, one of the oldest and storied franchises in all the NFL. You got the 49ers of the 80s. I mean, it, it's more of a franchise thing. Of when was said team dominant. I also think that it could be like a generational thing mm-hmm. because all of us growing up, I was really, really young when Michael Jordan was the man, but you have some guys that are probably pretty old that are out there listening going, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It was Kareem guy. Abdul-Jabbar. It was Bill Russell. Yeah. yeah. It is totally. Hell, technically, it's Jerry West. That, there you go. <laughs> By the way, in a big spat with the Lakers right now. Uh, phone lines blowing up. Let's go. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? Morning, it's the weatherman, Corey. How the weatherman. Hey, Corey and Marshall, what's happening, my man? Is it going to warm Not up, much. Corey? It's a little chilly this morning. It is. It is. And it's February for you. you know the worst it month. Huh? It is. <laughs> Just grind through it until you get out the other side. That's basically what it boils down to. Interesting discussion you guys are having this morning. In terms of NFL player, like NFL, I was thinking about that, and I feel like when you think of NFL, you think more of like the coaches or like, like really famous, like like John Madden, like 
Well, like the Steel Curtain defense or the yeah. Purple mm-hmm. People Eaters right. or the Monsters Lombardi. of the Midway, the '85 Bears. Well, they never. Or won like anything. Vince Lombardi, whose name is on the trophy that they all play for, like mm-hmm. Palace or you know any of these old school, you know, blood and guts types, Dick Butkus, you know, Nitschke, all that good stuff. Yeah. And when you, we're talking about Brady. You know, that popped in my head, too, as you're discussing that comeback against Atlanta. And you know how many top ten defenses that guy got to play with? And like every year he had one. Every time he won a Super Bowl, he had one. Nineteen. <laughs> Nineteen, 19. Top 10 defenses. Nineteen. And he's played half of my life, and he and I are the same age. That's a pretty good deal to have. You're living That's you're living a good life if you have a top ten defense. Uh-oh. Oh, they didn't do oh, too well yeah. for the years that they didn't have top ten defenses. So, like, what do you, what do you think when you think basketball, NBA? Do you think of Jordan or who do you think of? Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, he was my youth, like growing up yeah. when I was in middle school, high school. Like that's when they were winning all those championships, and the Bucks were toilet back then. So <laughs> you just kind of glommed on to watching the Bulls because they were in the area. You could get WGN in, so you could always see the championship. Yeah. Like celebrations they had, you're like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. Like, hey, not a super like, huge fan, but he just kind of kept on. So, you know, Corey, when you think of like field. Major League Baseball, what do you think of? Like, what's the first thing that well, pops in your head? Like for me, it's, it's like Babe Ruth. It's you know, it's just time, something timeless. I always think uh, I've well, never seen him play. Like Hammer and Hank. Yeah, Hank, Hank Aaron. Aaron. Sure, yeah. yeah. Willie Mays, and really only <laughs> it's funny. Willie Mays pops in my head because of Willie Mays Hayes from yes, Major, Major League. League. <laughs> so, like when I was younger, I saw you like who's Willie Mays, and my dad be like, well, he was pretty great. You know, and you got Warren Spahn or, like, any of the guys off the old Milwaukee Braves teams or, yep. like, think of Euchre in terms Euchre, of just, like, yeah. I associate that that voice with summertime and let's keep that guy healthy because once he's gone, it's gonna, not going to feel the same. I can tell so, you that. Like, it, I remember him, like, he's my whole life. He's been the announcer for the Brewers. So when yeah. you think of you Tom know? Brady then, like, years from now, we'd be like, yeah, I got to witness the greatest football player ever, Tom Brady play. Or just, like, you know, it's just like, yeah, I saw Brady play, whatever. I would say... Like, in terms of what my association with them would be, like, what do I associate with them? I would say a hard worker, very competitive, great support system around him, and great coaching. And one like, of the luckiest – he's got had a lot of luck, too. Well, and that's what it boils down to, right? I mean, he had an all-time great coach. I mean, Belichick knows how to, like, attack your weaknesses, and he, he'll, you know, yeah. he'll corner you and he'll attack your weaknesses. He's able to change – like how a defense plays for his own defense within a week of, you know, from one game to the next. Sure. So you have that type of flexibility and that type of like, like we talked, like you guys talked about last week when he had that uh, discussion out from him about talking about a long snapper for nine minutes. You have that type of coach. They value everything. You know, they value the special teams too. <laughs> Not like what we got going on in this state. Yeah. They value all their units on that team. And they can put all their players in the best position to play. I think that's what Belichick's yeah. why he was always able to get these free agents. Mm-hmm. He's able to identify like this guy can do this one thing, and I'm going to put him in the best position to succeed. Even if like my defense isn't necessarily already set up to do that, sure. I'm going to change it around this guy because he's such a good player. Hey Corey, good and, stuff. Oops, sorry. Yeah, I want you to go. No, I was going to ask you one more question, Corey. Okay. Are you turning right or left right now? Left. I <laughs> <laughs> see you, buddy. Have a good one. I can hear the blinker, you know? <laughs> yeah, line two. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Nathan. So I kind of agree with a lot of what Corey had to say. 
as far as I think more coach when you mention things like NFL. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think a lot of people attribute Madden, not that a lot of kids realize how great of a coach he is, but, you know, a game that's been around since we were barely born. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you guys weren't even born. No, I had it. I had it on uh, I had, I had no, the old ones. Yeah, but I think the PC game came out in, what, 88, 89? Then I was playing that when I was one, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I also don't think when you try to um, think about a face, you're thinking about somebody that people automatically just click to. And that may not necessarily be the best player, but like uh, uh, Joe Namath just because of the clips that you get of him, or Peyton Manning because of how much he's been in the media with commercials and, and things like that. And how big his forehead where, is, yeah. Where people don't necessarily see Brady like that. You know, if you're barely an avid fan, I mean, you might know the same Tom Brady, but if I show you a picture, do you always know about that? who that is? I doubt it. But what made the guy great is he had work ethic and he had that drive, and a lot of that came from where he was drafted. Mm-hmm. And he didn't make a lot of dumb mistakes. He may not have been the best athlete on the field, but he was always one of the best prepared. And I think that comes into him being very young and getting brought into Belichick's system. And Belichick kind of molded him into what he became. You know, you you can't take – Belichick can't get all the credit for it, but you take a young 20-year-old kid that's ready to learn and has the drive to – be in the, the facility for 15 hours, Belichick's going to take the time. BB. And, yeah, BB. He's just not going to take the time to make sure he's putting the, the right text message out there. You know? Wrong Brian. I mean, don't, don't <clears throat> take him off. He might put an explanation mark on there. <laughs> hey, Nathan, let me ask you, uh, just a little off the beaten path here. Well, speaking of Bill Belichick, when he actually sent the wrong text message to the wrong you know, Brian, uh, he had to sign off. He's like, oh, I effed up. My bad. Uh, dash BB. Like, or fa- people on Facebook, when they comment on something, say, oh, blah, 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 uh, sincerely, like, Aunt Sharon. What's up, what's up with older people putting down their, like, their, their initials or signing something when their name's already on it? Do you, have you ever understood that? I mean, I think that just comes down to the way they were taught on how to write a proper letter, <laughs> where our generation, or at least my children's generation, is only use a certain amount of characteristics on a tweet so you don't waste it with your name. Yeah, or like an FML or uh, SMH or LOL. The worst is when you ask a question, you get an answer back, it's just K. Oh, I I absolutely hate when I call my daughter and it goes to voicemail and she texts me and says, do you need something? Yeah, I need you to answer the effing phone. (laughs) I mean, you know, you you talk about the initials in old people. I mean, nothing makes me laugh more than when you listen to Favre's message about his dad and he would call his cell phone. Brett, this is dad. (laughs) Brett, if you hear this, pick up. (laughs) Dad, it's a voicemail. It doesn't work like that that anymore. It's not (laughs) as... It's not an answering machine like it used to be, you know. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code The Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Because, again, there's some Jablonski from ESPN Nashville. He had 
He says sources three times. And on his cryon, which is like a little headline, says sor- it also says sources there. Sources Aaron Rodgers purchasing Nashville area home. Here, one According more According to multiple sources, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is building a home in Franklin. The second thing, a source tells me Rodgers would be, quote, open to joining the Titans. This guy's such a knob. Are you starting to get That's t- all I was told. Wait, hang on. Open to one, joining one the Titans. One more source. And they talk to another source. He's got sources everywhere. In which at least some of Rodgers' current Green Bay Packer teammates think there is no way Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. Do you think this guy's his own source? Like he looks in the mirror. You know who he, he kind of sounds like, like? My sources tell me. Kind of sounds like, because I, I can't see your computer. Well, okay, tell me what you think he looks like. I'll send you the video. He looks like Brian Windhorse. He, or he sounds like Brian Windhorse. He's not as fat. Brian, so, Brian Windhorse. So he's like he's like the skinny Brian Windhorse, but he's like skinny. Jonah Hill. So it's like fluctuates. What color hair do you think he has? Uh, brown. Correct. Uh, facial hair, yeah or nay? No. Ooh, full beard. Mm. Yeah, looks kind of sloppy looking guy. I could see some glasses. No, no, he might have contacts, but I can't tell. Kind of sloppy looking. I'll send you the. I'll send it to you. I will. I always wonder what people think of when they hear our voices, never seen us. Like, what do we look like? I must say I'm very handsome. Rowdy also very handsome. I can't grow any facial hair. Rowdy can. Uh, line four. Well, good morning. Who's this? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Oh, Wisco Chad. What's up, dude? Uh, this just in. Tony Phil is moving from Pennsylvania to Tennessee. Sources tell you? Sources tell me that the little hairy rodent uh, prefers the oak nut of Tennessee <laughs> as opposed to the maple nut, which doesn't exist. In Pennsylvania. Hey, as long as he gets his nut, that's all we care about, right? <laughs> well, what the hell? What? He's hungry. <laughs> no, I meant what the hell? Like, <laughs> like it's 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 getting to be just crazy. Rogers hopefully catches on to it and just has fun with this turd. Yeah, well, it's there's going to be a lot of turds till March 16th when free agency starts. So there's going to be a lot of this. I he imagine. does realize. So they do realize that guys that have this much money. Never tell anybody if they're building a house. Well, Rogers, I actually looked up his. He has a mansion portfolio, and he's got, believe it or not, he's got more than one mansion. So it's not, it's nothing too crazy here. But it's yeah. Well, but that's the deal. Like anybody that builds a big house like that generally doesn't tell anybody where they're building or who they're building it with, unless they're Kanye. So, <laughs> yeah, and you you buy the house right next to your ex-wife just to keep tabs on her. Uh, Del Mar, California is where Rogers sold his mansion. That was one like in the San Diego area. He's got one in mm-hmm. Malibu. Him and um, uh, what's her name? Um, Danica Patrick Danica. bought in straight up cash. He's got one in Chico that he still maintains in Northern California. And then he has his rather palatial, but it's like subdued palatial estate in Green Bay area. So he's got a couple of them. And that's not for sale yet. No. And he's also apparently building yeah, in the Yeah, but National has he area. re-upped his country club uh, status? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's an auto renewal. That's an auto renewal. The $1,000 status in Green Bay? Oh, yeah. That's hey, we looked, up that, we looked up that country club in Green Bay. you got to get seriously vetted to even get in the door for a tour. My good friend's uh, wedding rehearsal dinner was at Thornberry. So, like, I, I know some people... That, so uh, did you have to have? Did you have to get like a physical to just to get in there? They had to like check your credentials and then give you like a couple no. fingers up the ass or something. It's it's the most yeah. Uh, uh, no, that was just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was to go to the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that, that, that was a COVID test to go to the Olympics. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, that that was just for fun. But no, they it, it's in a nice area. But again, like this is Green Bay. This isn't even like Milwaukee. Hey, hey, it's not. Or Madison, like Madison, has, like has some richier things. Oh, trust like. me, I live right by one. Not in it, but by it. Not in it, but by. Oh yes, yes, I'm very familiar with the bluffs. Yep, I look across the street, you know, not too far, and I see how the other side lives. I'm like, must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> must be nice. It's okay. Yeah. You know, like, I, you just need to hit up the radio for more money. Yeah, then I woke up. Chad, you the man. We love you. See you guys. See you, buddy. Yes. So you sent me this t- uh, tweet. Yeah, like what the guy looks like. You know who he looks like? Tell me. He, I, <laughs> I feel like this, so we know that the Carolina Panthers. He looks like a kid that got picked last in dodgeball in middle school. We know that the Carolina Panthers Sorry. have put together a pretty decent defense through the draft the last couple of years. Yeah. But they, and they have McCaffrey, who's one of the better running backs when healthy. They have decent weapons on the outside at receiver. They don't have a quarterback. They literally were playing PJ Walker, <laughs> Sam Darnold, and Cam Newton. Oh, I remember. This guy looks like Matt Rule if Matt Rule dyed his hair from like a salt and pepper oh, to brown. Oh, I can see it. And maybe put on a little more. I don't think so, actually. Yeah, you're I right, Rowdy. I think that's pretty spot on. If Matt Rule like was like a younger like, Matt Rule. Yeah, like 10, 15 years younger, that's him. It's like a younger Matt Rule if Matt Rule never like picked up a football. I think Matt Rule dyed his hair, went on there to try and start quarterback controversy, seeing if he can't figure out a way to get Aaron Rodgers to Carolina. It definitely is Matt Rule-esque, but just a much softer Matt Rule. I can totally see that. Well done, Rowdy. That's this conspiracy guy. theory Thursday. This guy does have sources, so maybe he is Matt Rule. Maybe he's like Matt Rule's, like, Matt Rule's younger brother. Ma- Matt Rule's Half younger brother. brother. Matt Rule's like bastard child or something. <laughs> Half brother, Jared Stillman. <laughs> Jared Stillman of Nashville. Uh, ESPN Nashville. We got to do some digging. I think that's a ha- that looks like a half brother. Yeah, that or yeah, he might be too old to be his bastard child. But who knows? He could have had him very young. So yeah, like Rogers t- like ten. <laughs> Rogers uh, apparently building in the national suburb of. Franklin. Are you starting to get tired of this stuff? Like I feel like well, this, well, the funniest. Real quick, the funniest thing ever is when I saw this. I saved it to talk about it today, and I said to myself, "I wonder when Nelly will say he's tired of this stuff." Yeah, I am <laughs> okay. It was. I say it like I guarantee Nelson will say, "Are we really doing this?" I'm sick of talking about this. Nine o'clock, day of the draft. Nine a.m. <laughs> All of a sudden, Bill Michaels sends a tweet. Oh, Wilhelm? It's about the San Francisco 49ers trying to make a trade with the Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers. And we laughed at him. And then all of a sudden, it was kind of poo-pooed by, like, everyone, including Adam Schefter. Yeah. Remember, he even did a, a TV hit. Yeah, Schefter, like, told Bill to scram, essentially. Well, yeah. his nose at <laughs> now him. it looks like that That might have been his original downfall. <laughs> Adam Schefter's It hasn't donkey. had a good history since. By the way, is Adam Schefter, he's still up for D-Bag of the Week this week, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ben, ben, who's not here, he might be in my office. Ben was saying like, oh, you guys going to take Adam Schefter off of D-Bag of the Week then? Since he was right on the Brady news? I'm like, hell no, dude. He, If anything, he gets it again because he stole Tom Brady's thunder. You just made the list! Douche. Oh yeah, so he's still for D-Bag. But that was the, that was the start of it. Yeah. And it was 9 a.m., day of the draft. And then by the afternoon, people started confirming that there isn't a trade in place, but they had inquired about Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay told them to go kick rocks. Yeah. 
and then it turned into Mark Schlereth, of all people, Mark NFL commentator, former NFL football player for the Denver Broncos, talking about this is as good as a done deal. He's got sources inside. And he says Aaron Rodgers will be a Denver Bronco. And then you're like sitting there like crapping bricks. You're like, are we really <laughs> doing this? Because Jordan Love, you, all you saw from Jordan Love in his uh, rookie season was him throwing into a net and missing it. That wasn't good. Like that was all you got to see. You knew he didn't have many practices. He, he didn't get to play in preseason. You're like, my lord, this they really are. They really are getting rid of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they're they they're ready to turn it over to Jordan Love. Well, then it's you're looking at how the draft is playing out, and you're like, oh. The Broncos have the ability to take, I think it was Justin Fields. They had the ability to take a couple quarterbacks that were rated pretty highly. Uh And you're like, well, if they they don't draft a quarterback here, they're probably getting Aaron Rodgers by the end of this weekend. Well, they draft the cornerback out of Alabama, Patrick Sertan. And you're like, oh, this is done. Aaron Rodgers is going, Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver. There's no way that you would make that draft pick if you didn't have a big time quarterback coming back. You're not going to roll into next season with Teddy Bridgewater and, and uh, <laughs> Drew Locke. <laughs> oh crap! Well, then by the end of the weekend, there was nothing. Nothing. Not a. And zip. then the next thing you know, Zilch. it's like people are talking about. Well, he's renewing his country club in Green Bay. He's getting his house deep cleaned. Oh, it's been deep cleaned. Is he selling it or is he moving into it? <laughs> what is he doing? Sources tell me here comes a guy with a little man bun and flip flops walking into the first day of official practice. And it happens to be Aaron Rodgers. Hell yeah. And he probably just won his fourth MVP in back to back fresh off of like some psychedelic trip. He was doing for like the weeks in Hawaii. He's like, yeah, I'm here to play football for the Packers, man. Oh, one caveat. I want Randall Cobb back deal. All right. Capiche got it done. So, yeah, there was a lot of different rumors. There was a lot of different sources. There were a lot of different reports. And there were all different people with, I'm sure, d- different places he was. Uh, they were different places that he was going, and none of them have been right since. And I think <laughs> s- since he reported. And none of them have been right since. Since he reported to Green Bay for the first official day of practice he had to be at. Yeah. Th- and this is the other funny thing. He was a guy that always went to all the mandatory st- or the the voluntary stuff. Oh yeah, always was there and loved it. Well, we knew another really good quarterback that went to all that stuff and then started getting older and said, "I don't like this s." Brett Lorenzo, I'm Favre. getting tired of this crap. I just want to play. I just want to win another Super Bowl. It's like I don't need to do this. Exactly. No one was very upset about Brett Favre when he was waffling. About I told him not, to take his time. Yeah. Well, I'm take saying your time, not even, not even going there. off on him about not coming to the practices. But now they are with Rodgers. And I don't remember anyone outside of a few people wanting to push Brett Favre out of Green Bay. But it happened. Most of the fans were like, no, Brett Favre's the guy. I want him to stay forever. Well, they front office pushed him out. Aaron Rodgers comes in. Now it's like the front office and the coaches want Aaron Rodgers to come back or they're probably going to cry and suck on their thumb if you watch their press conferences. close to doing that. And since they come since he's come back and reported, I feel like their relationship has only gotten better, especially Gutekunst and oh, Rodgers. Oh, totally. You see them with Rogers their arm around each other. You see them chuckling, if they're talking. If their relationship is so good, why is he building a mansion in Nashville? 
sources tell me he's open to playing there. Well, and sources tell me that a lot of people in the locker room think he's gone. Source, oh, gone. Sources also tell me that Nashville's a pretty fun city, and I think a lot of people would love to have a, a house there if they had the money. Rogers also owns a record label, and Nashville's all about the music. Rowdy, how about this? Sources tell me Rob Reichel is coming up next. And we'll ask him about That's sources. That's a report I can confirm. Yeah, th- those rumors are true. A lot of rumors. And I'm not talking Fleetwood Mac. What an album, though. Let's see here. Let's do this. Uh, Rowdy, with the reports of the Nashville, uh, Rogers building his house, uh, open, allegedly, according to sources, with the Tennessee Titans, I got to play a little countrified, not country, but countrified Led Zeppelin. A barnyard stomp. And we welcome in now Mr. Source himself, Rob Reichel. Robbie! Forbes.com, Conley Media. What's up, Roberto? You know, if I remember from that rumors album you were talking about by Fleetwood Mac, there's a song on there called Go Your Own Way. <laughs> and then that, and that could be where this quarterback is going, right? Well, Rob, that just sounds like secondhand news. Okay. There you go. Well played. Come or, on, or, Robbie. Or, or dreams to some people, maybe. I think that's on that album too, Evo. It is. Or Roger could say, I'm never going back again. There you go. Again, Green Bay. Well played. That's, hmm. that's, why, that's, that's why you're the host. You're always one step ahead. Well, Rob, we don't stop when it comes to all the hard hits around here, okay? <laughs> or, or, or you make love and fun. Rob, definitely, you never break the chain of knowledge when you're on How here. the hell do you guys know this deep of the album? And oh, afterwards, that's a great album. Oh, that's this album's phenomenal, Rowdy. Album. I started listening to this when I was like five years old with my mom. And when Robbie's done with his report, everyone always says, oh, daddy. <laughs> and Rob can go get his gold dust woman. I'm running out of things now, Rob. Yeah, I, I think I think we're almost out of songs. I don't remember anymore. Uh, I think there's one more songbird <laughs> on there. We probably talking about Aaron Charles Rogers, huh? Yeah, uh, well, Rogers could be a songbird. I think that's the last song on there, Rob. Um, <laughs> with his long hair and his guitar. So, Rob, have you heard these stupid reports? It's coming out of the Nashville ESPN uh, radio station down there that Rogers yeah. bought a you know buy, building a house in Nashville. He's opened the plane with Titans. Listen, I I think between now and the point in time that that Rogers makes things official. And again, knowing Rogers the way I know him, Evo, it wouldn't surprise me if it's the Saturday night before the Super Bowl that he that he lets word leak what he wants to do next year. So on Super Bowl Sunday, <laughs> instead of every commentator everywhere talking about the Bengals and talking about the Rams, they're talking about Aaron Charles Rogers. Um, so it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if it happens next weekend. But whatever the point is, in time that that he makes that announcement official, Evo, or, or lets word out what he wants to do. In terms of the 2022 season, you're going to hear these kind of rumors and rumblings up, up, up until that point in time. How much credence and credibility do you give them? I mean, I, I rolled my eyes a little bit at the one yesterday coming out of Nashville, obviously. But, but again, that's one we haven't talked about, Evo, on a lot of levels. It, it, it does make some sense that that's a team that's close. It's a team that's in a rotten division. Um, uh, again, people continue to say, well, why would he want to go to Denver and, and, and go against Mahomes and Herbert and Carr? six times a year. I'll tell you what, if, if, if he goes to that, the, what is it, the AFC South, um, and, and has to see Jacksonville and the Texans for four of his 17 games, Evo, that, that's a heck of a lot easier than going a little further west and um, you know, trying, to get, trying to get through that division year in and year out, much less an absolutely loaded conference. So, I mean, some of that does make some sense, uh, whether, you, whether you believe all the stuff about the land and 
teammates don't expect him back and, and that he's okay with going to Tennessee. I, I guess that's a whole other story. But my, my point is, Evo, you're going to hear another four, five, six of these leading up to the days uh, on, until Rodgers actually makes anything official. Uh, Rob Reichel joining us right now. Uh, Rodgers aficionado as well as Fleetwood Mac, the album Rumors. Uh, Robbie, so Rodgers said he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. So looking at the Green Bay Packers, I saw you know people t- Devontae Adams the best free agency to hit the market in years. Does Devontae Adams even hit the the market? Wouldn't the Packers just tag him? So here's the tricky part, Ebo. They're about as we talk right now. They're about fifty one million over the cap <laughs> for the for the twenty twenty two season. Not only would they have to clear that fifty one million dollars to tag Adams. They would then have to clear another 20-plus. I, I think the franchise tag right now for wide receivers is around $21 million. So they've got to get themselves then, Evo, another $21 million under the cap to put that tag on Adams. So we're talking between now and the point in time when unrestricted free agency hits, they've got to clear about $72 million off the cap. Oof. Now, there's a lot of ways they can do it, and, and I'm not saying it's impossible. Um and, but I do, but I do, I do think that's the way they'll go, Evo. Yes, um, but but a lot of work has to get done, and, th- and that's where I was going there. Yeah. For for them to just let Adams walk out of the door would be absolutely foolish. If they can clear that uh, number of sal- uh, that amount of salary cap space, Evo, take him and then trade him, assuming Rogers isn't coming back. Because if Rogers comes back, you'd, you'd have to think it's a package deal. But but if they would take him and trade him, Evo. I would think they'd get a one and a three, a one and a four, something like that for Adams um, on, on the open market, plus whatever you would get in a Rogers trade. Let's call it two ones and two twos. I mean, Evo, they would be absolutely loaded for Bayer moving forward with Ooh. with three extra ones. Let's call it a couple extra twos and maybe another four or something like that for Adams, plus all their own picks. Um, they could find out real quick, Evo, here in 2022, whether Jordan Love can play or not, turn it over to him. If they feel good about it moving forward, they invest those picks into wide receivers and offensive linemen and, and, and beef up the defense. If they don't like what they see out of Love, Evo, in 2022, you've got all this draft capital, and you, you can absolutely control the 2023 draft. And wherever you want to be on that draft board with all those picks, Evo, you can put yourself in that position to go and find yourself the next franchise quarterback of, of the Green Bay Packers. So I still think it makes the most sense on, on so many levels that they move on from Adams and Rodgers. But my point is that to get it done, at least with Adams, a lot of work has to be done to clear that money off the books. Uh, Rob Reichel joining us. So, Robbie, interesting. I just It's hard for me to think about Packers without Rodgers and Devontae. It's quite scary. But, Rob... When it comes to the Packers, what about the coaching staff? Because this has been a carousel, right? Nathaniel Hackett's now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Luke Getze is now the OC of the Chicago Bears. And now uh, what Hackett just got uh, hired, the tight ends coach, was it Justin yep. Uten as their OC? Justin Outen, right, yep. What the hell's going on with the coaching staff now? Is that in like a rebuild mode, or is it going to be okay with LaFleur under helm still? Oh, and Maurice Drayton was fired. I know that was a tough day for you. That was that was a tough day for all the Packers. Yeah, it was a tough day for everybody to watch to watch old Mo walk out the door. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like we talked about in the past, Evo, I still put ninety percent of it on Matt Lafleur for not getting it fixed during the season. Mo Drayton walked into a a bad situation there, but but he certainly deserves his share of fault as well because they didn't get that close to to cleaned up this year. No, Evo, I, you know, I I think 
that coaching staff will be okay. You know, to Matt LaFleur's credit, and, and I do like this and respect him, um, he, he doesn't stop. In fact, he encourages these guys to go out and, and try to better their lots in life, right, and, and work their way up, up, up the coaching ladder and, and, and the food chain. And, and, he, and he hasn't put any, any restrictions or clamps or locks on any of these guys to try to keep them in Green Bay, where that has been something that's been common in the past. Mike Sherman did that. Mike McCarthy did that. Certain guys he didn't want to have sneak out of town. Mike Holmgren even did that back in the day with Andy Reid and, and wouldn't let him try to try to get out of Green Bay. They, they've, they've obviously got some retooling and reconfiguring to do, but but Evo, any, any good coach has a long list of, of replacements. Any, any good GM has a long list of head coaches waiting that he wants to interview and, and maybe get in there. You're always thinking you know, forward in that game. You're always looking ahead. Um, Adam Stenovich will jump up now and be the OC. I, I, I think he'll do a decent job. Yeah, what's they, what's they the vibe on him? Because when I thought of like the offensive hierarchy, I never really thought of Adam Stenovich. Like, what's, what's the vibe on Stenovich? Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. I was a little surprised by that, too. I, 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 I thought they might go with Getsy there. Um, Getsy's a Rogers guy, and Rogers loves Getsy. Rogers loved Hackett. You know, when, when, when we start talking, Evo, about connecting the dots and, and, and Rogers heading to, to another city, um, obviously, that you know, Hackett, Hackett in, in Denver now, um, you know, Getsy and the Bears. Rogers isn't going to the Bears, you know, but, but, but out now as part of, of Hackett's staff. Um, Rogers had developed a pretty good relationship with these coaches, Evo. Certainly Hackett and Getsy, I think, at, at the top of the list. So Stenovich was, was a little bit of a surprise hire, but, but Evo, we've seen over the last two or three years when, when injuries have hit that line. I mean, he, he has done absolutely yeoman's work with that group. I, I know they weren't very good in the NFC Divisional Playoffs a couple weeks ago um, against the 49ers. Some of that, to me, is is the personnel decisions that they made in terms of guys they, they chose to trot out and put at certain positions on the field that night. But but overall, Evo, um, you know, Stenovich is a guy, I think, that has gotten absolutely the maximum amount uh, out of his his positional group the last couple of years. And clearly the head coach felt he's, he's ready for this step. He's going to become his right-hand man now in terms of, you know, game planning and, uh, you know, putting together the, 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 the play calls and the play sheet for the week, red zone offense, things like that. He'll, he'll have, he'll have a much greater role in, in the game day preparation. They, they had an in-house replacement waiting on the old line with Luke Butkus, who's done a nice job there instead of it's his right-hand man, Evo, but, but no, clearly they, they've got a couple holes now on that staff that they, you know, that they have to go and get filled. Aaron Rodgers at times in his career, Evo, has not been real happy with with the quarterbacks coaches he's, he's been given, and and now that you know that that's a position that that sits in flux, and, and you wonder. I I I think Rogers probably already knows what he's going to do, Evo, and and he's largely figured it out, and he's just waiting for the right time, maybe to to go ahead and break that news. And I don't think the quarterback coach is going to tip it, let's say, one way or the other, but. It doesn't exactly work in Green Bay's favor right now that that position is sitting vacant. Hi, Robbie. So I have a question for you before I um, have one more than unfortunately I have to let you go, the worst part of my day. But, Rob, when it comes to reporting, and this guy from this ESPN Nashville who's got, he said, sources a bunch, is there a difference when you're reporting something between sources, rumors, and reports? Like, how, how does Rob Reichel navigate the sources, the rumors, and the reports of what to put out there and what not to put out there? How does it all work? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question, Evo. I, I'll be honest. Unless I have two sources and I feel confident about both of them leading me down the right path, because and and, and the, 
and, and I'll use an example, Evo. Here, here's one where things get really tricky. Take the NFL draft where everybody's bullshitting you. Everybody you talk to says they love this guy or they love that guy where they really don't, and they love this guy instead because they want to get false information out there. Through the years, Evo, there are certainly a number of people that I know that I can trust when I, when I call. And they'll say, this is off the record, but, but go in this direction. Go in that direction. You know, I, I can give you this, but you can never use my name. Yeah. Things like that. I've got to have at least two of those, Evo. I got the feeling, you know, with, and again, I, I, I don't want to get into, you know, breaking down how others do their yeah, job yeah, or yeah. anything like I'm that. Sure, how does Rob I, do I, it? I, I, I got the feeling things certainly weren't as concrete or solid with that report out of Tennessee yesterday, which is why I rolled my eyes a little <laughs> so bit. Now, did I. Not, 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 now that guy could surprise us all. And, you know, he, he, he could have more sources than any of us know about, and he could have been steered in the right direction. And, and, and this could turn out to be a hundred percent accurate down the road right now. I, I certainly have my doubts and, 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 and I'm cynical uh, with that report, but, but again, a lot of it, like we talked about earlier, Evo, does make some sense. That would be a really good landing spot. If you think about it on, on the surface for Aaron Rodgers. Because that's a team that that it, that is reasonably close, and and you could argue they're only a quarterback away, an elite quarterback from getting over the hump in in that unbelievably difficult AFC. But you know, just again back to me, Evo specifically, how I do it. I, I've got to have a couple people before I would ever go live with anything, um, you know, or, or post any kind of story where, where I truly trust both of them mm-hmm. to go ahead with something like that. All right, I was just curious on that. Sounds no, like if you did question, go to Tennessee, there, Rob. He'd finally get his man Julio Jones. Remember all those rumors? Yeah, now he's got him at 57 years old with a walker. <laughs> Julio! Hey, Robbie, before I let you go, man, I know you're a diehard Badger basketball fan, as Nelly and I here as well. Uh, what the hell? I mean, what's up with shooting in uh, Champaign, Illinois? The Badgers couldn't hit the broadside of a barn last night, dude. What the hell? Yeah, I, uh, Rowdy and I were talking before we came on the air. I, I wasn't overly surprised by that result last night, Evo. I saw a game like that coming. You know, I, and again, I, I go back to all these years with Dick and Bo and, and now Guard, and, and, and I love I love what the program's become, Evo. But I watched that game last night, and I think to myself, just once a year, why not sprinkle in a little bit of 2-3 zone, a 1-3-1, whatever it is, and make Illinois beat you from the perimeter instead of letting that big monster dunk on you all night. He's a beast. Seven points. He is a beast. 4,000 rebounds or, or whatever he wound up getting in, in that game, Evo. I mean, again, I I love what they do most of the time defensively. I get it that man-to-man is going to be the staple and everything that, that they're, they're, they're built on and their foundation, et cetera, et cetera. But there are just certain times where, where matchups are not in your favor and you just don't have an answer for the other guy and – you know, I, I think back to that 03. They got to the Sweet 16. I don't know if you guys remember that in 03. And, and they played Kentucky up in up in Minneapolis. And Mike Wilkinson had to guard this seven-footer from Kentucky. Who just And Mike Wilkinson, God love him. He became a terrific badger. Yeah, for sure. He, he just won in the Wisconsin High School Hall of Fame this week. I mean, an outstanding basketball player. But he was a sophomore. He was 205 pounds, dripping wet. He hadn't put on any muscle yet. And this kid from Kentucky just absolutely ate him alive. Edsel, I think the kid's name was, or something like that, and that's what that game reminded me of last night with with uh, with the Illinois kid just going wild. And I, I, I don't know, Evo. You know, they they let him catch it in the paint instead of fronting him and bringing some backside, the weak side help. I, I thought that was a curious decision, but you're going to have a clunker or two, I guess. At, at the end of the day, I, I think this team's on the right path, Evo. I I think they're going to wind up playing in Milwaukee and. 
if they do that and get through there, then then their next stop would probably be Chicago. Yeah. So Badger Nation can go crazy and represent here, uh, or, you know, a month from now when when the tournament gets rolling. I I still think overall this group's been an unbelievable surprise. But, Big time. You know, last 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 night was certainly disappointing because I, I did think there were a couple of things they could have done different from a coaching standpoint. Evo. Robbie, rumors say, rumors just told me, sources tell me Kofi Coburn is still dunking the ball <laughs> at the arena right now in Champaign. <laughs> Robbie, you're the man, brother. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, and thanks for breaking down the sources, the rumors, and the reports. We'll continue on checking out your stuff. Forbes.com, Conley Media, and at your Twitter account, Rob Reichel. You're the man, brother. We love you. All right, guys. Have a great week.